We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Weekly Show, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host for the evening, J.D. Silva, joined by a couple of fellows. First one being a guy that loves the smell of that stuff they coat basketball courts with, Jacob (laughs) Niffin. What's up? The other fellow being Taylor Peterson. Oh, man, I don't get a cool intro. I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> mine, mine wasn't cool, Taylor. <laughs> uh, the the conversations that go on before a podcast. One of these days, we'll give everybody a behind the scenes. Yeah, we'll release. No, the I don't think we should do that. <laughs> we lose everybody. <laughs> We'd get canceled. You guys have. But some speaking of somebody stuff. who didn't get canceled. Oh my god! <laughs> you guys have uh, insane stuff in your Twitter drafts, also. I, I have nothing in my Twitter drafts. Really. Yeah, I just have like tweets that didn't go through, like from the podcast. Uh, Silva, your draft history is phenomenal. You sent it one time. <laughs> you actually yeah. reached out, and, and it's very random. It's not like all thunder stuff. The best part no. was you had like a Chiefs related one that you just you, you sent me the list. You're like, E-hole what do we Hardman? think about this one? <laughs> just like, how do you even have this in your drafts? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Silva's the best. What hey, bef- on now. before we get deeper oh, okay. into the into this crap hole that we're already down. Yeah. Uh, if you're watching live on YouTube, please make sure to go hit that like button. Help out the algorithm. Help spread the truth of the uncontested podcast. It'd be greatly appreciated. If you haven't already, make sure you sub to the YouTube channel. Also, if you are listening to the podcast version of this, thank you so much. Drop a five star rating and leave a review. You can follow us anywhere you get download your podcasts at. I think that's the only plug I got, JD. Yeah. And uh, now we can get into some news before we talk about last night's game. Uh, it's news we all wondered if we would ever get, and we did get it by way of TMZ first, and then Woj via the Newport Beach Police Department. They came out with a press release regarding Josh Giddy, so I'll read that, and then we'll touch on it for a second and uh, move on. 
I'm sure everyone wants to move on from this in some way, even if the internet will not let us. Um, the uh, Newport Beach Police Department says, after a thorough and exhaustive examination, we have completed our investigation into information that was circulating on social media involving Josh Giddy. Our detectives have reviewed all the available info and were, un and were unable to corroborate any criminal activity related to Mr. Giddy. The Newport Beach Police Department is committed to ensuring that accurate information is disseminated to the public while also ensuring the rights of all those involved. Any, so that's, that's done. As far, I, I don't know if we'll ever hear anything else about that, uh, but you guys have thoughts well, on what we have so far. When the Newport Beach Police Department announced that they were going to investigate, the league and Adam Silver specifically said that the league would take a backseat and let the police department conduct their investigation. The league wasn't going to investigate because the police were. Um, so I don't think we're going to get anything from the league. If you ask me to bet a number, like a, a, a dollar amount, on will the Thunder or Josh Giddy say anything publicly, I would bet every penny that I have in my bank account, which isn't a lot, but it's all I got, that they will there there will be no statement. Um, they they want this to be done with. I think they knew that this was coming um, from other reporting that we've got. It sounds like they knew two years ago, whenever this incident uh, supposedly happened. Um, I'm glad that we have the answers, uh, but like JD mentioned. Even the people don't give a shit about the answers. They give a shit about the allegations. And for Thunder fans, more casual Thunder fans, um, who and I don't say that as, as like a derogatory thing. Like we're we're the degenerates here. Um, <laughs> casual fans are the normal functioning human beings in society. We're the degenerates. But I just want everyone to know, like the if if your hope is, hey, this has happened, I we're not going to have to hear booze anymore for Josh Giddy. I worry that it's just going to get worse because they've brought it back to the public consciousness again. Um, it doesn't matter that what the police found, it matters what the allegations were. Um, just go look at Woj's Twitter mentions. Uh, it's an absolute cesspool. I, I tweeted earlier today, I said, there's uh, downtown Chernobyl 10 days after the meltdown toxic. And then there's Woj's Twitter mentions right now, toxic. And the Woj mentions are way more toxic than Chernobyl ever was. Um, it is what it is. We, we have the information that was provided to us. That's what we have to go off of. I wish we could move on. Uh, that will not happen. But at least for the team, for Josh... For Thunder fans, uh, we can kind of put it in the rearview mirror now. I agree completely. And I think you both hit on the big thing that we actually all talked about as soon as the allegations came out, that regardless if it if they were accurate or not, that these were going to stick with Giddy for a while because that's just the day and age that we live in, right? Social media is king. That's where people get their quote-unquote news. And it's unfortunate. I think you go through those replies jacob that we've seen all day and it's all i mean look it's an extremely serious it's very serious allegations obviously an issue that need to be looked into 
but people don't care if it was already looked into a year and a half ago or two years ago, whenever it was. People don't I mean, want to believe that it was looked into now. Exactly. Um, it, it's unfortunately when you look at those replies, the majority of them, I'm not saying everybody, but the majority of them have their favorite players are Avi, LeBron to goat at LeBron to goat and Tatum is King, you know, whatever. I'm just throwing out random Twitter ads that I'm thinking of, but it's more entertaining for these NBA fans. Yeah. If you're a fan of another team that doesn't like the thunder and the, the trajectory that they're on, you don't like them. It's just more entertaining. It's another storyline. Would you you rather have a reason to boo a guy or not? Right. And and that's the other thing. Even people, I mean, we're hearing these boos in the arenas and I less than half those people are on social media. They hear other people booing. It's fun. It's something to boo at. And so Josh is going to continue to get booed. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I think it's just like, we have to think outside of social media. It's so hard to we get so absorbed in it, especially in this NBA community that's been created by social media and particularly Twitter. Um, but if we listen to social media, every single election in politics, I'm not pointing one out individually, but you would think a certain person, regardless of if it's left or right, that person's going to win. If you listen to social media and all the noise for the OKC Thunder arena vote, that arena vote was not going to pass and it was terrible and awful and it got passed in the lame slide. So I think this is just another example. It's an echo chamber. That right. The social media is not the real world. And eventually this too will pass. And it's really nice to get some God, Taylor getting biblical on us. This too, this too shall, pass. shall pass. This too shall pass from Taylor. I'll take that all day. <laughs> can you get that in like a, that's a sounder? Can you get that in white woman font and put it on the wall behind you, please? <laughs> Um, I'll do it like Michael Scott. I'm not not sure who the the first person was to quote that, but this too shall pass. Whoever originally came up with it, Christ, Taylor Taylor Pierce. If if you're wondering when will the booing stop, um, I would think about circling like the beginning of the 24 25 season. Like maybe then you can have some hope. You're gonna hear someone booing for a while, just Mm -hmm. because we're like just. There's just cavemen out in public wandering around. Um, not much critical thinking going on whatsoever. It's the Bunch old of spon- sheep. It's the old SpongeBob episode of uh, Squidward sticks out his hand from behind the curtain. People boo. SpongeBob sticks his hands out from behind the curtain. People cheer. It's we're gonna have that dynamic. Don't for think a while. I saw that episode. Oh, I did. Jacob, that, that's a phenomenal analogy there. Thank you, Taylor. I love how Silva's brain works. We are quoting Christ and SpongeBob SpongeBob. in the first two great philosophers of our time. Similar. Well, I'm not going to go down there. (laughs) (laughs) The Thunder played a basketball game yesterday. (laughs) Does that make Satan plankton? (laughs) (laughs) Or Mr. Krabs? No. About that. Uh, Anyway. Thunder played a basketball. Are we done with that? Any, any other words on Josh? Kinney? Mr. Krabs is uh, one of the seven sins of greed. Oh, yeah, right. Yes. Yeah. There's a, there's some, uh, yeah. Plankton daughter is Peach. Gluttony. Yeah. You say there's daughter. There. Is her name Peach? Pearl. 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 Peach. Pearl. 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 Big, Have yeah, I ever watched the show? <laughs> what about Sandy Cheeks? You can't say that Ooh. on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad to have some closure to this again. Yeah. He gets booed. So what? Uh, I think ultimately a year from now, we're probably not even talking about it. And it's just a small blurb on his Wikipedia someday. Maybe he can, you know, move on from this in some way. And, yeah. and, the, and the woman involved who was 
uh, doxxed from right. someone coming in that that should be remembered first and foremost that someone who it, it seems like didn't want to be brought in the situation was and she's put on blast. This is all started by like Josh a third Kenny. party, right? Right. From what we understand, yeah. So, so just that's those are the big bad things in the situation. Around. Hopefully they can move move on, even if uh, social media won't. But uh, on to the basketball game from yesterday. Uh, that I did not stay up to watch the entire thing, but I caught up the next day. Did you guys both stay up and watch the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two oh, straight yeah. nights. Living yeah. in misery, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I podcasted and it, after the Lakers yeah. game, so your boy uh, yeah. is running on little sleep. Yeah. Um, so the Thunder just went 0-2 at uh, the first first leg of this road trip in L.A. Uh, last night's game, um, I for some reason did not have the score pulled up. Uh, do either of you have that score pulled I up? I got you. Thank you. Uh, no, I don't got you. Hold on a second. I need to refresh. It still says 106, <laughs> 108 with six minutes left to go in the fourth. 128, 170. There it is. Los Angeles Lakers <laughs> defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder. And from what I from what I know, so SGA uh, struggled. Like we're seeing it, worst plus minus of the team. Mm-hmm. The knee injury clearly bothering him. Uh, I respect him playing through it. You know, like it was a narrative early in SGA's career that he's hurt a lot. He's He's sitting on purpose, or he's sitting, the team is sitting him just to tank, et cetera, et cetera. So I get that he wants to play through games, and I'm glad that he did, but he struggled. Uh, Chet is struggling a bit also. Yeah, that's what fair. big takeaways did you guys have as far as why the Thunder lost? Is there anything you're hung up on from that game, or is it just SGA? Just last Chet's game or the last two? We'll go with the Clippers game for now. Okay. Um, a few things in the Clippers game. Uh, Number one was defense. Just they they let the Clippers kind of... Clippers shot 54% from the field, 46% from three. Um, took 23 free throws. Uh, got four more rebounds, three more offensive. They were tied in assists and steals. Clippers got five more blocks than the Thunder. Um, points in the paint were 40 to 40. Uh, the big difference was the Clippers hit four more threes than the Thunder. And it felt like the the defense, I mean, you gave up what I say, 128 points. Felt like the defense was bad. But part of it is just like, as much as I don't want to say it, the Clippers are really good. Like the Clippers are really good. And Paul George had a hell of a night. Congratulations to him. He said both teams won the trade afterwards. Um, <laughs> I get it. You got to defend yourself. Uh, and that nope. dude put a sock in my mouth tonight. Great for him. They, uh, <laughs> like, say what you want. Like, the Thunder won the trade. They did. I mean, Paul George is fine, but they made one Western Conference Finals appearance in four years on that trade. So, but anyways. Uh, he was more than fine. Come on. I mean, well, he with that no, second last half night, Last night he was great. But I'm saying the, the past four years. Like, you look. They made that trade to win the NBA title in 2019. They've made one Western Conference Finals appearance in four years with that duo. Um, I mean, if they if the if you offered the Clippers a redo right now, like it's a no brainer, right? You would think. I don't think they do it. Uh, but I no, I, I'm not disagreeing with Shea, you on the trade. Shea and Dub for for PG. That's like, where do I sign before you trade your, change your mind? You don't even have to throw in the picks. <laughs> Yeah, but anyways, ultimately what I'm getting at is, it felt like the defense was bad, but I don't know how much of it was defense was bad versus the Clippers' offense is just really good. 
And the the thing from the past two nights for me, Taylor, maybe it's just two bad matchups for the Thunder, but the the size really stuck out. And the Thunder play a lot bigger than they are. But I was like kind of interested in it the other day. Of the top 10 minutes getters on this Thunder team, there are only two guys that are 6'8 or taller. And that's Josh and Chet. Shea, 6'6", Dub, 6'6", Dort, 6'4", uh, Wiggins, 6'5", Kenrich, 6'5", Kaysen Wallace, 6'4". Like, they, they just don't have a big wing. And if the Thunder shot half as well against the Lakers as they did against the Clippers, then they're one and one on this trip. Like, they shot horribly against the Lakers and then shot really well against the Clippers. If the Thunder hit two or three more threes in that Lakers game and don't shoot sub-30% from three when they took 49 threes and had 34 wide-open threes, they win that Lakers game, and then you feel pretty fine going one and one in L.A. But it's a combination of the bad shooting in night one and then just going up against a buzzsaw on a Sega Baba. Five and, games and seven nights. Yeah. And JD kind of touched on it, but I mean, Shay last night, what was it? Six of 16. Yeah. Six of 16. Yeah. 19 points. And and so when Shay has an off night, when Chet has an off night, like you're really kind of putting yourself behind the eight ball there. 100%. Uh, you touched on a lot, a lot that I agree with, especially when it comes to just how good the Clippers played I saw a lot of commentary after the game like well if they don't shoot so good from three then the Thunder are, are still in this regardless of how Shea and Chet played well okay so Paul George was fantastic Kawhi only had 10 shot attempts he was 6 to 10 from the floor you had James Harden was 5 of 14 and you had Norman Powell who's a 40% three-point shooter 2 of 10 from the floor 2 of 7 from three if you get a, a Norman Powell coming out hitting his shots like he normally does. It doesn't matter if Paul George does what he does in the second half. Like they're still going to be able to sustain that shooting. And so I think a lot of that does come down to the Thunder defense. Like you mentioned, Jacob, a lot that we've been talking about here in the month of January, we're, I guess, right at two weeks in the Thunder defensive rotations have been struggling. Um, They play a very aggressive defense where they're switching, even trapping at times. We saw that last night against the, the, uh, against the Clippers, they're covering a ton of ground. And we're seeing in a more jam-packed schedule in January how that's starting to catch up to them with the tired legs and the youth. Uh, the youth being the inexperienced, you always hear youth, oh, they have the, the young legs. Like, yeah, I totally get that. That's why Shea played last night and two nights ago, right, uh, with his knee injury. But even then, inexperienced team playing that style of defense, it just – I mean, you're, you're going to see some inefficiencies there defensively, and we're starting to see that. And not just these past two games, but we talked about on that road trip on the East Coast here, what was that, like a week and a half ago? It's crazy to think it's only been that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the defense was, was a big thing there. Also, you guys mentioned Shea and Chet. I think maybe first we can just kind of dive into Shea. I was on record on the postgame podcast against the Lakers, or after the Lakers game two nights ago, saying that I didn't necessarily see a lot of, like, I, I didn't see Shea struggles coming from his injury. No, I didn't think he was super slow in regards. I, I just thought the Lakers played very physical with him. To Jacob's point, they have a lot of long, lengthy defenders they could throw at him. And the biggest thing is they're packing the paint. 
We saw zone defense the past two games just absolutely kill the Thunder, even when they're hitting threes like they were last night against the Clippers. When they're packing the paint like that, that completely takes away from what Shea can do. That being said, last night, I thought he was absolutely a step slow. Uh, that first step's not nearly as quick and as, as explosive as it usually is, even if you don't think about Che as an explosive player. And so I, I certainly could see him favoring that knee. And even on the defensive end, I even saw him standing around a lot offensively last night. I'm curious if you guys noticed that, which is very uncharacteristic. The, the quick threes are the telltale sign for me. The pull-ups and the quick threes. Yeah, it was a lot of step-back threes trying to create creation. And then, yeah, the, the jacked-up threes early in the shot clock is very uncharacteristic uncharacteristic <laughs> uncharacteristic for SGA. There you go. There it is. Oh, three from three last night and two nights ago, I believe he was one of six. I think that's pretty telling. And I, I, I do think he's favoring that knee. Yeah, the one thing about SGA is that he does not settle like really ever. And that's, that's one thing I've noticed that more, especially last night, he was doing more of that. He also doesn't get blocked that often. I would love to look those numbers up at some point, but I saw Kawhi chase him down, and it's Kawhi Leonard, obviously, but SGA has been dusting dudes who are, at this point in Kawhi's career, better than him all all season on defense, and uh, that block was indicative of kind of Shea's overall physical state right now, I think. Just a step slow, and if you're a step slow in the NBA, that's a big, big difference. There's also, I saw him get up from the podium after the postgame presser, like, winced in pain as he got up, and He's going through it, obviously, and I I do respect him playing playing through that. Chet is uh, obviously it's his rookie year, missed all last season, but this is a very 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 busy month. This is the first time he's ever played games like this for this long. Mm-hmm. So that and he he is playing, he plays center and he gets beat up a lot. Like he's playing against someone bigger than him most nights. So that that wear and tear is probably wearing on him now. In, taking in shots place. to the face every single game. Literally yeah. every game. He and J-Dub just get hit in the face all the time. Well, um, J-Dub passed the mantle on to Chet this year. Yeah. Um, to flip the tone for a second, look at the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Dort had a great game last night. 6 of 10 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3. Had 19 points, a rebound, and an assist. I thought Isaiah Joe really bounced back after going, I believe, 0 of 6 from 3 or 0 of 5 from 3 against the Lakers. He goes 5 of 6 last night. Uh, 15 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, sorry, yeah, 3 assists and 2 steals. Great night from Isaiah Joe. But I think two guys that we need to take a moment and really talk about is J-Dub and Vasa Michich, also known as Big Meech. Also known as Baba. I'm going to make the Big Meech stick. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that on the podcast either. <laughs> Um, Jalen Williams needs 10 to of, do some six nine things. <laughs> J Dub twenty five points on ten of fourteen from the floor, two of three from three, uh, three rebounds, seven assists. He had nearly identical numbers the night before against the Lakers. Like, I don't know, man. He is. I don't think it's a blip on the radar, like a like a hot streak. Carrie's going ham over here in the chat right now. Meet the bill. Uh, that's incredible. It's at the meat market. <laughs> at the meat market. The meat market. Um, I don't think it's like a hot streak or a blip on the radar. Like the dude is just growing at an incredibly fast rate. He's been awesome. He feels like a, just a star in plain sight. That's 
like vol- just volume away from actually being an all-star. And maybe, maybe I don't know if you guys feel similarly, but like the fourth quarter, it started out as like last fourth quarter week, dub, fourth quarter yeah. dub. It's a thing, obviously. We're seeing a whole game dub currently, and it's. I, I hope I. He always finishes these games, ten of fourteen, you know, eleven of fifteen, something like that. In my head, I'm like, what happens if you just turn that dial up, just a little more, take more shots before the second half of the, the latter half of the third and all the fourth. What would that look like? I would like to see the volume increase. He is currently shooting 55% from the field, 45% from three, 83% from the free throw line. He's 18.6 points, 4.1 rebounds, 4.4 assists, and one steal and half a block a game on just ridiculous efficiency. So Jacob, I pulled up. The points have gone up four and a half. The assists have gone up by one. Rebounds have tricked down just a hair. Three-point percentage is up 10% from 35.6 to 45%. Field goals are up um, 2.5%. Like, he's just leaps everywhere. But even during this recent struggle for the Thunder, he's been phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I even think back to that East Coast road trip. So that combined with Silva had... You know, as Chet hitting a rookie rookie wall, for all these reasons, I pulled up the last five games, stats for every player. But just going into J-Dub here, um, 21.2 points per game, 60% from the floor on 14.6 shot attempts to Jacob's point about efficiency, 50% from three on about three attempts. And like you guys mentioned, he's doing it on both ends of the floor. Often guard, I think Mark mentioned this in the post game. he's guarding oftentimes the, the opposing team's best wing. I won't say best player because sometimes Dort's guarding some of the guards, whatever the case may be. He's doing it on both ends. And one thing we're seeing is he's not just forcing shots. He's not just trying to get his own. He's creating so well for teammates. He's making the right read every single time, whether it's Aaron Wiggins cutting or the continued chemistry we've seen between him and Chet. I mean, he's just on a whole new level right now. And his facilitating combined with that shot-making ability him knocking down threes at a high clip, even at, uh, at high efficiency, but um, low attempts. Like to Silva's point, I think there's way more that we could see from J-Dub, which is a- extremely exciting. And honestly, here over the past two months, I think he's been the, obviously the second best player behind Shea, which is crazy to think about when we've been talking so much about Chet being the second all-star potentially. He, might get, he might get some all-star love this year. And I think next year he is. I think if you put him on Charlotte, Washington, Detroit, maybe Brooklyn. Like, he's the best player on all those teams. You, you named a lot of teams that passed over him in the draft. <laughs> yeah, it's a Actually, great point. I wanted to bring this up. Um, a guy that I won't name because I don't like his basketball takes posted <laughs> on Twitter last night about, in a redraft, would Jalen Williams go top five? And it's like, that's the biggest no-shit comment in the yeah. world. We all agree Dub goes third in a redraft in his class, right? No question about it. And we've known that for a long time. We don't we yeah. knew that for like all of 2023. Chet and Paulo go one, two in whatever order you want. Dub is clearly third over Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey, Ben Matherin, Shaden Sharp, yes. et cetera, right? Easy. Let's go back another draft class. Well, don't, don't forget about Walker Kessler. Oh, shut <laughs> shut up. <laughs> 2021, let me read you guys 
um, some of the big names from 2021. This is Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner. Um, we got Josh Primo in that draft. Uh, Shangun, Trey Murphy, the third. Those are the real big ones. If you put Dub in that draft, where does he go? Top five. I'd take him above. Um, who'd you say the fifth pick was? Can you rename them? We'll just, we'll just say if we'd yeah. rather have them or Dub. <laughs> sure. Cade Cunningham. It's almost okay. Detroit is just like the time. The <laughs> worst possible. I probably. I don't take, think it's a question. I'd probably take Dub. I don't I, think it's a question right now. Okay, I would too. Okay. I it's it's Dub. Yeah. Jalen Green. Dub. <laughs> dub, not a question. Not a question. Evan Mobley. I'm taking that Dub, I think. Yeah. I think I I'm taking that one's dub. interesting, but I'm taking Dub. Scotty Barnes. I, I think Scotty. Take Scotty. Scotty. <laughs> Suggs. Take Dub. Dub. Dub, easy. Franz Wagner. That it's, one's interesting. Interesting. That one's interesting. Kind of a toss up. Yeah. Um, Alperen Shangun. I prefer the more modern style of turkey players. As much as we like poke fun, Shangun is obviously like really good, but I prefer the J Dub archetype of player. Uh, Shangun can play one position. Correct. Trey Murphy, the third. Dub. And I love Trey Murphy. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not his versatile. Yeah. It's dub. Uh, What about if we go back another draft? Ant Edwards. Ant. I'll take Ant. Take Ant. LaMelo Ball. I still probably take LaMelo if I'm starting a franchise, but that's an interesting one. Talent alone, uh, it's LaMelo probably, but if you include how he, like, I don't know. How he carries himself, defense, maturity, locker room. Correct. The intangibles, I'm taking dub in that situation. Brain cell count. Right. (laughs) I'm going dub. Um, God, this draft was bad. Denny Avdia, you obviously take Denny. Um, (laughs) The Denny lover. Devin Vassell. Dub. Yeah, easy. Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, thank you, Tyrese. Tyrese. Tyrese, <laughs> Tyrese Maxey. Uh, That's I, interesting. I feel like I, you'd have to say Maxey right now. Yeah, Desmond Bain. Dub. Dub. He's got T-Rex arms. <laughs> if you do a redraft and you clump, not 2023 with Wemby, but you do the class after Dub, Dub's, or no, Dub's class and the two classes before, and you put all those players in one pool, I think Dub still goes top 10. Oh, yeah. Easy. I was going to say he might, you might take him fifth or sixth like, based off the exercise. We, 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 said, we said you would take Ant, you would take Halliburton, you would take Tyrese Maxey. It's current. It's people that are about to be first-time All-Stars that are... You would take Scotty Barnes... You would take maybe Franz Wagner. That's five. Yeah. And you would take Chet and Paulo. So that puts Dub at eight if you clumped three draft classes together. So seven or eight. Yeah. yeah. That's insane. With the that 12th pick. <laughs> I just, I wanted to do that for perspective. I feel like some people have started the conversation of like, oh, is, is Dub better than this guy? Is Dub better than that? And again, this is like playing next to Shea and Chet. What happens if he's on Detroit? What happens if he's in Washington playing the Jordan Poole role? 
as far as like usage. Be insane. But you want to talk, talk about battle of the brain cells. I mean, imagine Cade in OKC or Lamelo in OKC. Yeah, like, that's why landing spots is so important. But For all sure. that being said, I think if you compare them and with the is equal opportunities, any more time sure, in college. Sure, but still, I think if you put all of them in the same development opportunity that Dub's had, I still would feel very good about where we landed with Dub. Totally agree. Sean in the chat brings up uh, a point that I was trying to get to before I went down the Dub rabbit hole. I think the other big takeaway... No. (laughs) I think the other big takeaway uh, is Vasa. In 11 minutes last night, Vasa was a team high plus eight. Seven points, one rebound, two assists, three of four from the field. Um, am I wrong? Did he take his first free throw attempt of the year last night? That feels I have no good. idea there. That feels accurate. I can try and find that out, actually. I, I don't know if he shot a free throw before last night. I'm trying to see here. No, free throws, he's 77.8%, so he shot some. Okay. Um, regular season totals, free throws. He's seven to nine. There you go. Okay. So there's some garbage time free throws in there. That makes sense. Foss has been incredible. Like looking at at his past five. 56 assists to 13 turnovers on the season. Pretty good. That's an insane number. (laughs) And we're starting to see him get to his spots as well and be more aggressive scoring. Very much felt like, I, I know a lot of people, including us, including myself, talked about him trying to adjust to the pace of the NBA. And sure, that's a lot of it. I think more even than that, it's just him trying to find his role within the team, uh, not trying to step on toes. We've heard some Thunder players talk about that this season, last season, and you know, looking for teammates, which we know he's incredible at. But what we're seeing here recently during this recent stretch is he's looking for his shot as well. He's able to get to, get to those spots. He's running in transition and still making the right reads, kind of similar to what we talked about with J-Dub being more comfortable in that facilitator role with that second unit as well when Shea's off the court. Boss has been incredible. Uh, the defense obviously still leaves a lot to be desired, although I thought it was better. Again, the, a very, very small sample size these last two games. It it's, wasn't quite as glaring. But that being said, I, mean, I think Boss is obviously a has cemented himself a role within the second unit and someone we're going to see, I don't want to say a lot more of, but we're, we're going to see more of with this bench unit moving forward uh, into, you know, past the trade deadline and into the playoffs potentially. I was I a uh, oh, noted uh, Mitchell's hater in the offseason. I, d- I did not understand the acquisition. I thought he'd be taking minutes away from a case in Wallace. Turns out you can play them both a lot. And it turns out that uh, Mitchell is like very valuable to uh, bench production and helping J-Dub kind of activate more of his own playmaking stuff uh, in lineups with him. And uh, I really, really like his presence on the team these days. Some of the stuff, like the passing obviously pops hard, right? Like you just, you see, I've joked, like he doesn't do look passes. He only does no look passes. The driving to the basket has been very impressive to me. Uh, He's got like this really good deceleration move where he gets to the basket and slows down and doesn't really lay it up, but almost like jump shoots it from like two feet and kind of just, it's a little unorthodox. It gets guys kind of off their rhythm. He's not athletic, like at all, like ultimate old man game, right? But he uses like angles and just these these different moves to get 
where he wants to get to on the floor. And playing with that bench unit with guys who cut like they do, I think is such a, a big thing for him. Uh, I wanted to read you guys some stats real quick. So since December 29th, that was, um, let's see here, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 games ago. Since December 29th, he has had two DNPs, uh, one at Atlanta, one at Washington. He has played um, three, four, that's uh, nine games since then. His plus minus in each of those games, plus four, plus six, plus four, plus one, plus 16, plus eight, zero, plus four, plus eight. Notice anything there, JD? He's getting better. No, yeah, <laughs> no minuses, right? You also look at it, the three-point percentage in those games. Zero of three, zero of zero, one of four, zero of one, zero of zero, zero of zero. And then the last three, one of two, two and two, O of one. The missing piece is the jumper. And we know in Europe he could shoot the shit out of the basketball. If the jumper comes around and he becomes like a threat coming off the screen and pulling up for three or a catch and shoot type of guy off a dub drive or off a chet drive, you got a real problem on your hand. Like, it's taken a while. We talked about maybe in January he starts to get the training wheels taken off a little bit. He's getting there, guys. And it's been pretty impressive. And it's thanks to that second unit that they even had a chance to win that game last night. With about three and a half minutes to go, a dub three puts him up by one. They had a chance to win it. And it's thanks to that bench unit, obviously spearheaded by J-Dub. But Vasa has been really good in his minutes. And I think we're going to see those minutes continue to climb. When you look at minutes over that stretch since December 29th, uh, 1344, 1223, 1045, 1216, 1433. He only played nine minutes against Portland because they pulled out Joe from section 303 to play against Portland because that was more of a competition. 1116, 1504, and 1118. The one thing we haven't seen yet, and I'm afraid because I think it's coming, is as you play him I think they're going to see the weak link. They're going to go after him. Not but, a lot of film on Michich yet. Yeah, I Taylor, really. you watched the game last night. He had a fast break move where he was on the left side of the court dribbling up and hit Westbrook with like this pass fake and then brought it back around and finished lefty and one. And I was like, okay. I didn't know he had the sauce, but he's got the <laughs> sauce. Especially, hey, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like when he he's being more aggressive, looking for his shot, but within the flow of the offense. Very similar to what we talked about when Mark was talking about Dub post-game. I love what you mentioned about the the shooting, Jacob. Like, I think there's obviously some more things that the Thunder could potentially run for him. But one thing I think we just need to continue to keep an eye on, or something I'm thinking about, is he, he is playing with Dub in that second unit. And when you have Dub primarily being the facilitator and runner of the offense, like, I'm not sure you're going to be running a ton of things for Micic, but I think that's an interesting wrinkle that they could continue to sprinkle in as, as teams start to adjust, not just to Micic, 
but also to this Thunder bench unit. Uh, obviously, I, and again, I wish I had like the the per 100 numbers pulled up or the, the plus minus whenever that second unit is playing Josh and Dub together rather than Dub and Mitchich because it seems to flow much better recently when we've seen Dub and Mitchich together running the offense that second unit. Regardless, I, I don't expect him to really have much of a bigger role, I don't think, but just seeing him get more and more comfortable is where we maybe see some of those things like the shot improve and him getting more more opportunities to be able to score. Definitely. Um, And again, like I mentioned, that unit that he runs with, to have a guy that is always looking to make the pass, playing in a lineup that regularly features... J Dub, Aaron Wiggins, Kenrich Williams, Chet. <laughs> Don't Holmgren, know if I'd say Ray Wallace on uh, Aaron Wiggins, but I'd like yeah, to see more Wiggins. Like, I'm sure they they've shared more minutes than like that. He's been they've been tethered together a lot, but those types of players who cut really hard, it's like a dream scenario for that guy. Absolute dream scenario for that guy. He's been really good. Yeah, Mark's putting him in the right positions. Also, it's probably a good another good point to bring up. I can't so, believe I know it, we're at 40 move. minutes. I know we probably need to move on from this game. We'll, we'll take a break. I can't believe Mitsuch is a real thing, but I also can believe it. <laughs> hey, Kaysen had a really good stretch here also. The Thunder bench has yeah. been much better these past two. Well, I say past two games. Primarily last night, but the past two games seems like it's coming around a little bit in comparison to the recent stretch of Thunder pad. We're going to take our first break at roughly 40 minutes, and uh, <laughs> we're going to predict <laughs> the rest of January, uh, kind of estimate where the Thunder are going to end up on this uh, packed section of their schedule, and then talk a little bit about trades. So be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, we're back from the break. So let's do some predictions going through the month really quickly. Um, 0-2 on this road trip so far. I wanted to ask, can they go 2-2 two and two on this road trip? Next game is being at Utah and then at the T-Wolves. 
I think it's possible for sure. I mean, I was watching before we got on the pot tonight, and with three minutes to go, Detroit had Minnesota at like a five-point game. Like Minnesota has not been great recently. They've really struggled. Obviously, the Thunder with Shea and, and the potential knee injury is an issue. But I think for sure they could still go 2-2. Two and two. They could also go 0-4. Utah has been incredibly hot. Uh, Minnesota still has the best record in the West. That's possible as well. But there's even if they go 0-4, I'm not going to say, oh, expectations have changed. But there's there's a reality where they could win the next two in a row. You bring up something there with the Timberwolves that I find interesting. It was Matt Moore uh, at HP Basketball tweeted out like a chart. I'm obviously not going to go through every little aspect of the chart, but essentially he's saying that uh, if there feels like there's more blowouts in the month of January, there is. The average margin of victory in January is up almost three points over the average since 2000. And I think what we're seeing, is not just the Thunder having a jam-packed schedule. It's the league as a whole right now catching up on games. And we're seeing some of those tired legs show themselves across the entirety sure. of the league. So I think there absolutely is a chance they could go 2-0. Um, that being said, if Shea's still nursing a knee injury, I mean, I, it, it, I think the Thunder can beat teams like when they played like they did last night with like a 50%, 75% Shea. But like going 2-0 on that stretch against two, well, one really red-hot team and the other being the best team of the West so far this season, it's going to be a little tough. So I think for that reason, if we're jumping into predictions, I'm going with a win against the Jazz, mainly because I predicted that with my money ball for this week. <laughs> and then I'm going to go with a loss against the Wolves on the last uh, last game on this recent road trip. Yeah, if we're predicting, I'm going one and one over the next two as well. All right, let's see if I can keep track of this. So that would make them three and two after the Jazz, three and three if they lose to the Wolves. What do you got, Silva? Uh, I I feel similarly. I think a uh, win against the Jazz, loss against the Wolves. They'll end up. Are you doing one. schedule in January? Schedule in. Let's do schedule in January. We'll see what their record is in the month of January. Okay, um, perfect. Because it's it's packed and a lot of it it's on the road. So after the Wolves game in this fake scenario, they're three and three. They then play the Blazers at home. Uh, I figured we should make that a win. Probably not going to be by sixty points again, but <laughs> seventy. Yeah. Uh, then it's at Spurs. Win. Okay. National Five TV game. I like it. Ooh. Redemption. At Pels, is that the Friday game being televised for all? Yes, because I Spurs so. is on Wednesday, so that would um, and it's not a back to back. So yeah, Pels would be Friday. Is it also national TV? Is that what you were hinting at, Silva? I don't know. It's one of the ones that's going to be advertised like on new on the local stations. I thought. Oh, oh yeah, actually, yeah, the Friday. Night, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, you're correct. Um, there. You are correct. I'm the optimist. Give me a win. I'm going with an L there, um, but. Again, that makes it complicated when we're adding up. That's okay. I'll, keep, I'll keep track of the difference. Taylor's okay. got one more L than I do. Okay. Cool. Then it's at Pistons. W. Yeah, easy. Okay. And then it's uh, Wolves at home. Going with the W. I think that's this is when they get their okay. revenge for the road game coming up here yeah. this week. I'm cool with that. Then it's the Nuggets at home. Loss. This, yeah. That's a, a, okay. some quality wins. I um, think they're due for a loss there. So... This I think this exercise pretty quickly shows that uh, although they're zero and two on this road trip throughout the rest of January, uh, they're five and four in January so far. Just so we know, throughout the rest of January, through a fairly optimistic lens, eight and four is the record we ended up with after this. And I think and that would be for all of January. 
Uh, that no, would that's be just this recent stretch. Ju- ju- just this, the rest of this stretch. Silva, if you yeah. can add up the month of January really quick, I'll just touch on Shea. So, yeah, I think if even if Shea's nursing a knee injury through here, maybe we don't even see him for a couple of these games. I'm still only taking off two wins at most. So I'd yeah. put them at what six and six. Yeah, they could definitely slip up somewhere. Yep. Wouldn't be surprising at all. Maybe they lose that New Orleans game. Uh and maybe they lose that Minnesota game and just beat the bad teams. If you go five hundred during that brutal stretch, I think that's pretty promising, especially given uh Shea's potential injury. Not not as bad as it may feel right now after two straight losses. The Lakers, the Lakers, I'm convinced, have a dartboard that is just th- the faces of Thunder players in the locker room. They throw darts. <laughs> no crap, dude. They play them like it's crazy. The last game they'll ever play. Um, so fun exercise. I think, th- although this schedule is jam packed, there's a lot of winnable games, especially in the middle of it. Blazers, Spurs, Pistons, some home games against the good teams. So uh, it'll be fine. I think. Uh, let's go. Anything else on the month of January? Going to take another just, break and then talk through trades. Only other thing I was going to say is like one thing I've been thinking about through this two-game stretch that we broke down earlier. Even if Shea isn't 100% moving forward or even if he takes a game or two off here during this stretch that we just predicted, I think the Thunder could still survive that with more J-Dub. And I'm really excited to see what that would look like in the case that Shea's not able to go. Obviously, I'm rooting for Shea to be able to play and, and be healthy during that stretch. But I... I really excited to see what Dub could do kind of being the featured guy. If the schedule breaks the way we just predicted at the end of the month of January, the Thunder would be 35 and 15. Crazy. That feels pretty good. You put it in our Slack, like the, the 30th win they got last year was gosh, February, something March, March, something it was in March. Goodness. Yeah, that was me that they got win number 30 in March last year. They could get win number 30, um, in the next seven days, they only need three more to get there. And you also got to consider that last season started a week and a half earlier than this season did because of FIBA. Uh, pretty insane, pretty, pretty insane. Um, wow. Yeah. Let, let's go on a, uh, a break real quick. And we're going to talk through the trades. Let's do it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing. But you know better, and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. 
Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Okay. Uh, we're going to talk through some trades. We talked about how the Thunder are uh, maybe looking for some more size in some certain matchups, especially against teams like the Lakers and the Clippers. Timberwolves are going to be another option there. The Nuggets, of course. Uh, so we, we have some ideas. Feel free. I put a list in our outline. You guys feel free to throw anything out. I'm uh, just going to brainstorm. I wanted to ask, as I'm pulling up some pictures we're going to be using for this for this exercise, um, who would you be willing to give up if the Thunder were to make a trade for... I mean, do we all agree that a backup big is something we can be aligned on? A lot of talk about that after these last two games. And I think Jacob mentioned that earlier in the podcast. He's talking about the physicality, getting out bodied, out bullied uh, here in the last two games. I think that's certainly something Thunder will be interested in. Yeah, I like backup big. And, and to me, also just like a big wing. Um, I mentioned there's only two guys in the 10 man that are six, eight or taller. I worry that when people think backup big, the Thunder aren't going to trade for somebody that doesn't fit what they're trying to build. Correct. Right. And so I, I don't see them making like a, a trade for a tradition. Andre, Andre Drummond. Drummond ain't going to be that guy. <laughs> Let's just say that at the same time. Pinky man <laughs> gift right there. Andre Drummond ain't that guy, pal. Like they're not going to put him on this team. They're not going to go get a JaVale McGee type guy, you know? So to me, like backup big makes sense, but if they ended up getting a six eight six nine wing, like I'm, I'm almost more interested in that. We can run through some names now. I would like to go. We have we have a couple of pictures queued up that I, are just fun to talk about uh, involving <laughs> some of these names. So let's just start with a couple of Pacers. How many made a centers, big trade today? How many centers do the Pacers have? Yeah, the Pacers have a, like a lot of really big forwards slash centers. And now that you didn't trade any of them and brought in Pascal, who's going to play 35 minutes a night. Like I, when I think of the Pacers, Miles Turner is going to play the five. Right. Pascal, Pascal is playing the four and he's playing 35 minutes a night. This offseason, you traded for Obi Toppin. I assume you still want to play him. I don't know how many minutes he's playing. And then you have a whole lot of other guys. Jarris Walker is a promising rookie. Jarris Walker's been playing G League minutes. But they're, they're not, not, they're not wanting to tra- trade him, apparently. Yeah, they're, you know? they're not going to trade him, dude. He's dude. I agree. I'm all in. Bring him over. Jarris. I think he'll be fantastic for the Pacers moving forward. I agree. Okay, so give us some names, JD. Let's talk about a guy named Isaiah Jackson, who I'm not actually all that passionate about as a trade prospect. I'm more passionate about this photo that I found on Twitter <laughs> as Jacob and I were uh, discussing this earlier. This is a photo <laughs> of Isaiah Jackson, and this is what so, I know him from. Yeah, for for the listeners who are not watching yes. the stream, JD, um, can you be the, uh, uh, what do you call it, the... Um, narrator the no on on, on like the, is it the alt, alternate text what is it like an interpreter like a oh no i know what you're talking about you, you I, have closed captions and you have like the description the, the description the descriptive caption what is that called it's like for um like people with uh eyesight issues for yeah. accessibility yeah i'll be I don't that know what person. the word is 
Anyways, so JD, walk us through the, the photo. This is a photo of Isaiah Jackson, center for the Indiana Pacers, holding up a uh, little chalkboard, little sign. It's an about me sign. Um, I'll just read through some of these boxes. Uh, it's alt is what it is. Yes. There uh, it says, go. I am, and he's, and he's handwritten these things, to be clear. Uh, so it says, I am Isaiah Jackson. My favorite color is red. My birthday, he listed. My best friends were, my brother was. My favorite song, rap. <laughs> my hobbies are fishing and video games. Favorite food, chicken with no C, just C-H-I-K-E-N. My favorite movie, Hulk. No clarification on which one. You got to point that out. None of them are good, so that's a bad sign. <laughs> and at the very bottom, it says, when I grow up, I want to be pro fisher or video game player. Wants to be a fishing magician. He's a, a PG <laughs> uh, protege. Fishing magician. There's a, there's a long backstory behind the fishing magician. Shout out uh, yeah. Boomhauer from King of the Hill. Yeah. Dangle, um, fishing magician, man. Um, a lot of time on Isaiah Jackson to say he's not a fit. They're not trading for him. Yeah. What about this guy? Oh, there he is. Jalen Smith, one, another big from Indiana. Uh, I'll talk us through this one. If you are not looking at this photo, uh, Jalen Smith looks like a thick boy uh, with some glasses. Uh, does not look like a basketball player except for the jersey that he is wearing. If you throwed it, throwed. If you threw a t-shirt on him, uh, he looks like he's about the blue eyes, white dragon, white eyes, blue dragon. I don't know what it is on me. Uh, at the local card game store. <laughs> yeah, you can find him at a game HQ for sure. You mentioned it in our Slack, Jacob, but yeah, absolutely looks like somebody who would be holding a calculator and a pencil. Hey, his, we have some nerdy sounders. What, 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 what type of thing would this guy say, J.D.? Oh, oh, the Nick one. Play the You're Nick right. one. So here's the issue. I'm using the monitor I use for the sounders to show this photo. Uh, so I can, I can do... I can recreate it if you guys want. I can do... <laughs> I think JD's got it. Plus minus is basically a team step. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a very good one. What are the other ones we have? We got oh, the yeah. multiverse, right? Yeah, the yeah. Multiverse. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. In the Sorry, multiverse. I talked over it. Beautiful. Yeah. I talked over it again. <laughs> Books. I don't think he's saying that one. Jalen Smith is interesting. <laughs> Former number 10 overall pick, taken way too high by the Suns. Already moved once. Um, owed like five million this year. Five and a half next year on a player option. So he might just walk. If you could do like train man in a couple seconds. Take a flyer. Just take a chance. He's like six eight, like two thirty, six nine, two thirty, something like that. He's an interesting one. That's the that's the archetype you want, you know, at least from a from a body type. Yeah. Top ten pick. Uh he was picked 10th by the Phoenix Suns, who are notoriously awful at drafting. Taylor does uh, but, a good job of listening while we talk on the podcast, huh, J.D.? <laughs> I don't listen. I was looking up things. But hey, this actually, this is from December 28th, so this has been updated. Mm. But shooting 73% from the floor and 63% from three this season. Nice. Okay. So here's a possibility. Obviously, Jairus Walker is the dream that's not happening. I wish it would, though. I wish I could uh, do. Some other names we can cycle through. You guys, are you guys in on Isaiah Stewart at all? Out. Oh, I'm kind of interested. I'm in, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. It was like interesting. If it was Trey Man in a couple of seconds, I don't think he fits 
what they're building at all. Carrie from our chat brings up Jared Vanderbilt. I like that a lot. I don't know oh, if the Lakers would. The Lakers want to want to win now. Move right. Yeah, the Lakers would want. They don't someone. want picks. No. And I don't think I. I, I wasn't mean, on Vanderbilt during last trade deadline. I don't know if you guys remember that, but Van, Vandy was my guy last year. Yeah. yeah, I'd be all about it. But again, it's just extremely unrealistic, and I don't see the Thunder giving up Josh mm-hmm. Giddy for Vanderbilt, and I don't see how you get a deal done otherwise. Yep. Um. Oh, go ahead, JD. Yeah, Big Mike from our chat brings up a name that was involved in the Pascal Siakam trade, uh, Bruce Brown. He's actually a Toronto Raptor now. He has one one year left on his deal. Culturally, style of play, vet leadership, he fits like a glove. Problem is, you don't need another 6'4 guy. You already got no. Dub and Wiggins and Dort and Kaysen and Vasa and Shea. You need somebody bigger. Yeah, my comment on Bruce Brown, as soon as I saw some of that, like after the trade, was that we already have Bruce Brown at home. And I understand that he has the playoff experience, a little more experienced in general. Um, but I'd rather, I mean, I, I don't and he's think trading for him. Yeah, right. It, it is worth, yeah. you know, not playing Aaron Wiggins or Kendrick Williams or whoever it may be. I agree. Yeah, kind of out. Um, Marvin Bagley's too chaotic, right? Like that, that zero percent no. chance. Okay, no. Daniel Gafford. They would play not... me at the five before they would play him. <laughs> Daniel Gafford. That's like Nick's guy, I think. I yeah. I don't know anything about him. He's if interesting. If it's paired with Denny, sure. But I don't think Daniel Gafford's very good. And again, I don't think he really fits this team. Exactly. They aren't just going to trade for a backup big to. They're not trading for a guy that's going to play drop coverage and everything. Can only play one position. Can't move his feet. Yep. And He's a lob threat he and rebounder. Set, set a screen <laughs> and it. run to the rim. Exactly. Just yeah, doesn't uh, fit. Sean in our chat brings up a common name you hear with the Thunder, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. Mark knows him from his time at Florida. Um, I, I My thing with Dorian Finney-Smith is that a lot of teams probably want him. This is not a – the guys we've talked about thus far are like buy low outside of Bruce Brown, buy low candidates. That is not what DFS is. I assume multiple people will be trying to bid for this guy, and it could get pricey. If you listen Spot to on. other podcasts, Lakers are interested. Clippers are interested. Philly is interested. Uh, the Bucks are interested. Um, the Dallas Mavericks are interested. Again? As yeah. Yep. As a uh, former social studies teacher, let me give you a quick lesson in economics. <laughs> we got this thing called <laughs> supply and demand, folks. And when the demand is very high, the price goes up. Somebody is going to pay the Nets so much more for Dorian Finney-Smith than they need to. Does he fit OKC? Sort on, of. On, on a percentage scale, 78% fit? 79% fit? Yeah. He's 32. Good contract. Which is pretty crazy. I didn't know that. He, he's the, he would be the oldest player on the team. How long has he been in the league? That's a good question. I don't know. My take has been, for what it's going to cost you to get him, which at this rate, is going to be like decent salary matching that probably expires soon. So like for the Thunder, it could be like Davis Bertans. Bertans. He's 30. God, 30. Bertans. Bertans. <laughs> and two good firsts. I think right. it's what it's going to cost. Yeah. I'm throwing in another middling pick and a guy and getting Cam Johnson instead. If that's and, available. And we can talk about Let, the other Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Wings now because Cam is the one I'm 
I'd be most interested in, I think. 100%. Assuming McHale is not available. Right. Right. If McHale was available, I'm he's 27, but I'd be about ready to cash in. Yeah, 27 is just old as dirt. <laughs> I think he would fit like a freaking glove. Um, maybe another I, hot take yeah. based on like Thunder fans online, and I think again, circling back to the beginning of the pod, we kind of live in a echo chamber. And when one person says something, we all gravitate towards it. Same argument with Bruce Brown. Royce O'Neal's like 6'4". Really? He, I think is he's he expiring. like 6'7 in my head. No, nope, nope, he's 6'4". He's small. He's case and Very similar to Bruce, Bruce, yeah, Bruce Brown that we just talked about. I'm out. I'm out. I agree completely. And Stylistic I agree with the DFS take. Fit? Yes. They don't need another 6'4 guy. I don't give a shit if he plays bigger than he is. That doesn't matter when you actually need the size. Right. And it takes Cam two Johnson to tango in these straights. Right? Like, it, it, I mean, you can throw out a ridiculous offer that still might not get you Mikel because <laughs> some of these front offices are stubborn right. and they don't want to go full rebuild. Like Cam Johnson and Mikel, very likely neither of them are available. If it cost you the 2026 Clippers pick, which is a highly highly sought after asset. One of the other, if you put, I'm sure the Thunder have a a ranking of most valued picks. If you had to take two picks from the S tier and Case and Wallace and then um, a a Bertons to match, would you do that for Cam Johnson? No, no No. way. I thought you were going to say Mikel and I was like, okay, maybe. I think Mikhail would Mikhail would take those two picks, Kaysen and probably Josh. Right. To get a conversation yeah. started. Agreed. But no, I'm not doing that for Cam at all. Uh, you have players on this team who – the thing is you have to think about what when if, these players are if, on the team, how much higher do they for sure. raise the ceiling? And Cam Johnson doesn't do Cam that. Cam has, that what, return. four years left on his deal? Isaiah Joe has one. How close is Isaiah Joe's next contract going to be to Cam Johnson's? What does Isaiah make now? Do we know that off the top of our head? Where was Cam? Very little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. I um Yeah, he makes Isaiah makes very little. Cam Johnson I'm I, getting it. Isaiah Joe makes two million dollars a year. That's and next he's under contract next year on a team option. Yeah. And then he's unrestricted. Meanwhile, um Cam this year. And then one, two, three more years after that. So you have a through the end of 2027. Uh, next year he makes 22, and then 20, and then 22. That's a good contract. I was going to say 20 How, for Isaiah Joe. I think with the upcoming uh, TV deal and the salary cap increase, Joe is going to be close to that. You might get priced out. And Cam is bigger. Which... Cam is 6'8". He is much older. I think Cam is 27 right now. Cam will be 30 at the end of that contract. Yeah. But if I can get Cam for four, three more years, and then if I get priced out of Isaiah Joe, I get priced out of Isaiah Joe, I think that makes a ton of sense. 
like it's for some of the best picks that Thunder currently possess, though? Can't pick them all. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, what if it was the best pick in 2024? I do that because the 24 draft is not my favorite. So it's it's whichever pick is going to be the best in 24. And that Miami protected pick that they have. And Kaysen and Josh. No, not Josh. Uh, oh shit, you could do Josh. I don't think you would, though. Um, Kaysen and then Bertans to match the contracts. I'd do that. But when you were talking about 26 first from the Clippers is where I got a little hesitant. That's fair. It's I, very fair. What if it was Kaysen 26 first, but you protected it like top three? Yeah. I, mean, I don't. I don't think that 26 pick is going to be top three. Um, what if you gave them 20 second rounders? <laughs> no, that I would do. The currency of the NBA. You can get four Jay Crowders. I was for looking that. up his three point percentage this year. Cam Johnson, 39.4% from three on 6.4 attempts. <laughs> Pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. What's Isaiah what you, Joe? What do you, what you guys he talk? wouldn't start, right? He'd play up the oh. bench. Mm. Unless you traded Josh, Let's which trade I don't Josh. think they're doing. Um, He'd close games. A lot of people in the comments uh, commenting on that Isaiah Joe uh, contract. It's insane. Like to get that value for $2 million is insane. He he's is gonna, going to be highly sought after. He's going to make know. more than Lou Dort. We can all agree with that. Yes. Lou Dort's average salary is 16 and a half. Especially when you consider the salary cap spike. Right. Um, so Isaiah Joe. I don't, know, I don't know what the extension rules are with him. If they can extend him this summer. Um, I don't know what that looks like. Isaiah Joe is currently 42% from three on five attempts per game. <laughs> like that's, and if you trade him for Cam, you have them both next year. True. Yeah. Uh, Can you Sean, imagine putting those two next to Chet, Dub, and Shea? Who do you do? What do you do? Crazy. Cry. Sean and Chat says, That's about uh, it. Cam Johnson or DeAndre Hunter. I think DeAndre Hunter's contract is going to be toxic soon, actually. DeAndre Hunter can't stay healthy. He's kind of not good. He uh, he makes 20 mil this year, 21, 23, 24 in subsequent years, and he's always hurt, and he's not as good as I think Cam, Cam Johnson. It's not a question. So, yeah. but who else do you have on your list? I we, have. I ranted on on Cam. I'm sorry. No, I mean that's the one. Cam, I'm Cam like, is at the top of my list. Agreed. I agree. If that is available. such a glaring, like he fits. Yeah, uh, we can rapid fire because we're over an hour now. We can rapid fire through some of these. Alex Caruso. It's kind of not a position of need really at this point, even Agreed. though he is good. Right. But I'm Wendell out. Carter. Two two. He's interesting. I, honestly, I like him more than James Smith. Yeah. Oh, oh like, yeah. I hope the Thunder check out the medical situation first because it feels like he's always hurt also. but Or do you get him on a discount for that very same reason? True. He's also um, playing behind Goga now. So he really? Yeah, Coming Goga, back from injury. He's healthy, yep. and Goga Batadze is... Um, someone so called had... him, Orlando <laughs> folks are now calling him Gogurt and <laughs> saying like he that. slurps up the rebounds. No, no, I don't like that. That's worse than Poku Nectar. <laughs> totally out. <laughs> Big fan uh, of Wendell Carter. I, I think he's that'd awesome. Be fun. He feels like cerebral enough to play for the Thunder. Curious his contract. Opinion. So he's in the second year of a four-year, fifty million dollar contract. It's pretty good value too. Is he so paying him eleven, uh, basically twelve mil next season, 
and then about 11 mil. That's not bad it's at all. That's a lot cheaper than I thought. Yep. He shoots like three threes a game. He ain't bad. Didn't know that. I'd like that. Hey, keep pumping up Goga's value so they can ship on over window. <laughs> Give me some Gogurt. Me <laughs> How quickly would a shirt be printed from the uncontested presses of that? <laughs> I also had Goga on the list because I assumed Wendell would come back and supplant him in that role, and he surely he will at some point. Right? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. They really like Goga starting. Like oh, Wendell just might be a bench player now. That's insane. Uh, we have Inyeka Okongwu, probably an ex- that'd be awesome. But I yeah, love no, it. I, but I think Atlanta is going to trade Clint and start Inyeka. Exactly what I was going to say. Agreed. And I'm not. I'm out on Clint. <laughs> Yeah, Jacob and I are on the same page here. Uh, I guess the last one that I have. Oh boy! Before I say that, we got oh, here it is. Former Jacob's love, favorite. Zach Collins. I love me some Zach Collins. Um, I believe since he signed an extension this year, he is not trade eligible until the off season. True. Mm. Good point. What about Nick Claxton? I'm kind of I'm kind of out on that. Agreed. Uh, Oh, interesting. I'm I'm a little more in. I've dipped my toe uh, in the in the forbidden juice here. Of, oh God! What? Is, hey, here's the problem. You got to pay him this summer, right? He doesn't. He's really not going to start for fit. you. He's not going to start, but he could play off the bench. He could back up Chet. What do you he's want to do back that? Up yeah, Dave that's Ron all say. I don't know how much he's going to cost. The Thunder were interested in them in that draft. They so were? that's kind of interesting. Yeah, there was a lot of smoke around um, Thunder and Claxton. Kind of interesting. What if you could get Claxton and Cam? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, that means you're giving up Giddy. I think you probably trade Giddy in that deal. Probably Giddy Kaysen. And Kaysen goes in that. I don't know if you... Oh. I mean, that's what it takes. I'm not saying you do it. Giddy, Ooze, and three picks. I I don't know. I don't think that gets it done. Sean Marks. I don't really want. I don't. He's really made like bad that. decisions before. <laughs> that's He's not also the, a stubborn. You know what? <laughs> that's not the move I want to make if I'm giving up Giddy, Ooze, and three picks or whatever Agreed. that package was. Yeah, I. That's why I think the Thunder are going to hold on. I mean, they'll make maybe do something small, but they're going to get to a playoff series. Hopefully, two of them. Maybe more. We'll see. Reevaluate, mm-hmm. and I fully expect some moves to happen this off season. And they just need size. Something they need size that fits what they're trying to build. Exactly. Um, it's hard to find. Yeah, and that that really limits the market, and they'll Might be, be paid in the draft with what they're doing. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. I assume two a little over two weeks away from deadline day. That'll be fun. February eighth, I believe. Two Tuesdays away. That'd be very fun. I thought it was a Thursday. I hope it's a Tuesday. I believe. Hey. Tuesday. Hoping it was a Thursday. If you guys had to, if you guys had to place a bet, let's bet a million dollars that none of us have. Will they or won't they make a deal of some kind? They'll make a trade. Yeah, they'll will, make a trade. And will it be for a big? Sure. It'll be for a big. If I have to bet, they're not trading a first. And they're not trading a rotation piece. What about a big person? Yeah. 
fair. Okay. It might be like the Baisley for um, sorry type of deal. with some girth. They might trade some seconds. They might trade some non-rotation uh, pieces. Get Trey Mann to a new home. Get Poku to a new home. Get off the Brooklyn oh, something like that. Agreed. Bring Darius Baisley back. All right. Thank you uh, for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining us in the live stream, as you always do. We have a lot of fun on YouTube. Jacob's having a lot of fun on YouTube tonight. I love YouTube. <laughs> uh, thank you, fellas, for joining me. Uh, we'll be back when, Jacob? Tomorrow. Against the Jazz. After the Thunder take on Justin, the Jazz. Our guy Justin has that post game. He's got a few sick children, though, so he might not have that post game. We will see. Yeah. We can cover. One yeah, of us will figure it out. It. Um, and after that, our Sunday show as usual. So thank you guys again for listening. We will see you then. Adios and Thunder up. Uh...